0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. It's Lori, and I'm so happy that you're with us today and listening to um, this episode. With me today is my son, Kyle, who's going to be joining us on the podcast.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys?
0: And thank you again for praying for Charlene. She's still going to be off for a couple of episodes while she's recovering from a couple of recent surgeries, but she is doing well and getting stronger. And so thank you um, for praying for her, for the messages that you've sent to her and for the cards. I know it's such a blessing and encouragement to her. Um, Listen, it is October and Thanksgiving is approaching and that is literally my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. I love that time of year. Um, I love the purposeful reminder to just slow down and to think about things that we we have to be thankful for. And um, I hope that that's a special time of year for you as well. But this year on the podcast around Thanksgiving time, we want to do an episode That is just you sharing your testimonies of what God has done in your relationship with Him, what you've seen God do in your life this year, um, the way God has answered prayers this year. Whatever you want to share, I think that your giving thanks to God is going to be um, an encourager for a person who is maybe walking through defeat right now. So if you want to participate in this, all you need to do is dial one 509 1463 and you'll hear a recording with the instructions. And it's a short um, recording that you get to do, so it's not like five minutes, but you have a couple minutes to record your testimony and just share what God's been doing. And then we're going to um, just edit those, clip them all together, and share those with you. And I know it'll be an encouragement for all of us to just reflect on the things that God has done this year. I know it's been one of our hardest years in our family for a while and still in the midst of the hard times. I've seen God move in so many ways, and so I will also share my praise um, in that episode. We will also put that information about recording a testimony in the show notes, so if you want to access it there, you can just scroll down if you're listening on a podcast app, and you can see the notes and details about this episode down below. So I hope you participate in that with us, and I cannot wait to hear your messages. Now that we're talking about praising God in the hard times, today we want to talk about being in a season of waiting, and it's not a fun season to be in. Um, It's a time where we can get impatient as people, but it's a time where we can really um, be purposeful about not wasting this season, and so that's what we want to talk about today. Let me start off by reading a scripture out of Isaiah 41.10. It says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's such a powerful scripture because it's such a reminder of who God is and how He will carry us. And I know that we're when you're walking through hardship, it is hard to feel that We're being carried. Sometimes it feels like God may have abandoned you, but he is right there the whole entire time. Um, One day I fell down a rabbit hole on social media, and I was watching clips of church services happening across America in prisons, and I watched prisoners who had been convicted of some awful acts um, sharing how God had transformed them and given them hope for their future And some of the people shared that despite even having a life sentence, they knew that God had placed them in that prison for a reason and to be a witness to others. Um, Some of the people shared their thoughts about heaven, and one man commented how he couldn't wait to be physically hugged by Jesus. And another talked about how he looked forward to being able to look into the face of Jesus. And as I was scrolling through these different prisoners talking and worshiping, I realized that they're in a season of waiting. Like some of them may have a finish line to their sentences. And so they have a date where they can count and look forward to seeing the outside world again. But a lot of them um, don't have that hope. They know that they are going to be imprisoned for the rest of their natural life. And I started to think and compare that prison sentence to standing for your marriage, and I wonder if does sometimes your stand feel like a prison? Like, do you ever feel that you can't live life fully because your spouse isn't home? Or do you feel like you're incomplete because your spouse is not living under the same roof? And today, we just really want to challenge you not to waste this season of waiting. The Bible proves to us time and time again um, through many stories of people who were in the midst of difficulties. They were waiting on God to give them freedom. They were waiting on God to release them. They were waiting on God to show up, to answer a prayer. And that season was not wasted. And that scripture I read from Isaiah is a great reminder about God's faithfulness in our life. He will strengthen you. He will uphold you in those hard times. And in the natural, it may feel like you can't have victory because your spouse is not physically home, but that's a lie. With every prayer that you pray, with every surrender to Christ, you are seeing victory. And that's what we're challenging you to even look at your life differently for the next few months and and be on the lookout for ways that God is answering your prayers.
1: Yeah, that's a really cool story about that. YouTube rabbit hole I get in. <laughs> Those are not the kinds of YouTube <laughs> rabbit holes I get in. Um but thinking about you talking about that it, it reminds me of someone in the Bible, right, who went to prison multiple times but was still able to worship God in that time and that was uh Paul. Right? right? Paul was in prison I think four different times uh when he was out doing his ministry for a course of 5 years. Yeah, I think it was, I, I which is so. Which is crazy. Right. But he even in that time, he wrote four different books of the New Testament while he was in prison. Right. He didn't waste his waiting, as you would say. Right. Right. He, he used that to further the kingdom of God. Um, and there's a passage I just want to read from the book of Philippians. Philippians one. Uh, we're going to read verse 12. Um, says so this, this is this is Paul writing this from prison. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters who have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes. And I will continue to rejoice for I know that through prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul's writing that from prison. Um, I actually think he was like on house arrest, right? And there were palace guards, like it says in verse 13, that were all over his house. And he was kind of like waiting. Waiting. Right, waiting around. He was put in prison for preaching the gospel, and he's sitting there and he's waiting. And there's really not much you can do in prison or on house arrest, right? You're just sitting around the house. But what he did during his time is probably a little bit different than what I would imagine I would try and do during my time. Uh, Just shows the kind of person that Paul was and why he's one of the greatest authors of the whole Bible, right? He's he's he took that time to pray and encourage and write to churches while he was in prison, this one being to the church in Philippi, um, just to encourage them and to say, hey, I know I'm in prison, but although I'm in prison, I'm still going to see the gospel advanced and do these things, although I'm in a season of waiting, right? Not everything's going right for him, obviously. He's sitting in prison right now, but he's still doing what God wants him to do. He's not letting his circumstances um, affect What's going on in his life, in effect, is joy.
0: Right. I love at the end of verse 17, it says, I am in chains. And then verse 18 says, but what does it matter? What does it matter? And I think that in our humanness, we can get so wrapped up in worrying about the circumstances of today. Um, I just read something to Kyle before we started recording that was talking about God doesn't show us, you know, the picture of what every day is going to hold in our lives because we can't handle that. You know, I could not have handled seeing some of the hardship I would face or knowing some of the heartbreak we would have. But every day, as we go through certain things, He gives us enough grace and mercy to take care of us for that day. And so it reminds me of the passage in Matthew 6 that talks about the importance of not trying to store up for ourselves things for tomorrow but instead depending on Christ for what he will give us today
1: yeah for sure i think i think about paul like in this passage just throughout the whole bible he writes four different books from prison like we said um and just thinking about how paul was able to in the in the worst of the worst circumstances in prisons back in the first century that must have been absolutely terrible places how he was able to have such peace and such joy while he was down there because i think about me personally and and i think that i would definitely struggle right being in these places and and i'm sure paul did um, and then thinking about it and and, and doing some research and, and just looking at what God's word says and we find it that that Paul's joy, right, and this should be true of us. Paul's joy didn't come from his circumstances, but it came from his faith and his hope in Jesus Christ, right? And that regardless of his circumstances, regardless of if he was being beaten, right? If he was in prison, there's a passage in scripture that says Paul was beaten so bad one time that he died and then he came back. Right. His circumstances didn't affect his joy or his hope. Right. Right. But his faith in Jesus is, is what had all that and held that all together. Which is why when he's in prison in the worst of the worst circumstances, we can see him still looking to advance the gospel and still having hope uh for what's to come.
0: Right. Exactly. And this week I was talking to um somebody and sharing about rejoice marriage ministries. And I had said to this person, you know, when our children um, go wayward, our children, some people have prodigal children. Some people have children that for a season get involved in drugs or alcohol or they run away from home or whatever the situation is. 99.9% of the parents don't say, I'm done with you. I can't take this anymore. I'm, you know, you have to move out like... I'm done. Our relationship is severed. That's it. Instead, what we do is we pray for our children and we get them help and, we, and we're and we there for them and we want to guide them and lead them regardless of how they act. But when it comes to a marriage relationship, the world wants us to say that when we no longer feel it, when we're feeling wounded or we're feeling hurt or we're not feeling like we love our spouse anymore, that it's okay to throw them away and to say, I'm no longer going to be with you and we can end this marriage. And that's what you're standing for if you are standing for your marriage to be restored. It doesn't take two people to start this process. Reconciliation and full restoration of your marriage is going to take two people. But right now, it takes one person who will stand in the gap and say to God, I love you and I love my spouse and I want your best for our marriage. And I know that my spouse is not beyond your reach. And if you have said there's no hope, then you are limiting God's power. And we know that God is able to heal and restore and to change people's lives. And just like he was doing when Paul was ministering to people and people were being saved in Acts um, 15 and 16, you can go read it. He can do that same thing for us. Um, in Acts 16, you can read about the earthquake that happened when Paul was in in prison with Silas. And the walls literally fell down and they could leave prison. And what they did instead was they ministered to the jailer who was standing in front of them ready to kill himself because he thought, I'm going to get in trouble because all of these prisoners have escaped and Paul and Silas minister to him, they go back to the jailer's house, and the jailer and his entire family get saved that night and get baptized. And that was in the midst of a hard time where Paul had freedom open up right in front of him, literally open up, the walls fell down. And instead of taking that freedom and running with it, Paul continued to serve Christ through sharing the gospel. And that's the unique position that we are in every day. We have the opportunity to share the gospel through you, our stance, through what we're standing for. And right now you're standing for your marriage. And I want to challenge you, don't give up on those hard days that that you feel like there's no hope. Why am I having to wait so long? But trust God's plan for your life.
1: The truth is, unfortunately, is you can't control when your spouse comes back home. Right. You have no control over that. You have no control over your spouse's heart.
0: Or their actions. Or their actions <laughs> right. or their
1: attitude. All you have control over is yourself. And right? your reaction, right. And I think so. a lot of times we can allow the things that we cannot control to take over the things that we can control. Right. For example, we you can't control how often you see your kids or you can't control that. Now, unfortunately, you might be only down to one income, right? right? But we allow those things that we have no control over to control our joy. We let those things control um, our relationship with God and our desire to go and share the gospel and and be a light amongst the world, right? Because bad things are happening in our life that we, unfortunately, again, have no control over. We, We can't let them control the things that God tells us to take heart in and to have joy,
0: well, one of the things we can control is when you said attitude, it made me think of forgiveness. And when we've been wronged by a person, it can be easy to harbor bitterness and to um, you know, not forgive them for the actions. But let's look up some scriptures and talk a little bit about forgiveness.
1: Yeah, Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone... Forgive as the Lord forgave you.
0: That's one of my favorite verses about forgiveness. Well, it's one of the most convicting verses about forgiveness because forgive as I have forgiven you. I mean, that is cut and dry. We don't have a choice. We've been forgiven and we have to extend that same forgiveness and grace to other people.
1: Yeah. One of the other ones that I like is Ephesians four thirty-one thirty-two 32. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, <laughs> just listen to a ton of things. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And I think, you know, there's been times in my life when each one of those first five or six things that were named have popped up in my life, right? And I've been bitter towards somebody or shown anger or slandered somebody. Um, but God tells us to, to put those things away, right? Because they're not good for us. When you think about the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy, right? The top two fruits of the Spirit are the two that kind of combat all those things that we just read, right? But God wants us to to get rid of those things and instead forgive those who have wronged you, even though that's crazy hard to do.
0: Right. In our humanness, it is for sure. But that's what we want you to just be reminded of today is that through God's power, when you're in the season of hardship, you can... Be victorious. You can wait well and not just wait well as a stationary position, but you can wait well as you're advancing the gospel, just like Paul did. So many people need to hear the hope that you have for your marriage to be restored. So many people need to hear the love that you have for your spouse despite their actions people need to hear the way that God has transformed your life and that's what we want to come out of your walk through marriage restoration. We really love seeing restored marriages. Obviously, that's that's what we love seeing. But more than that, we love to hear that God transformed a husband and a wife a person got saved or that there's been a change or a person who had walked away from the Lord is now back in in fellowship with God. That's what's most important. And so as you're waiting and as you're um, walking through this season, I just pray that you will not give up on God, but instead you'll just remain faithful and steadfast and depend on him to supply what you need to get through today.
1: I think in this idea of waiting as well, um, there's really nothing that could have prepared you for this time in your life, right? right? When when you and your spouse are apart from each other and, and you're praying for reconciliation. And um, I think when this stuff kind of happens to us, when trials and, and we go through hard things, um, who we are kind of really shows up in that time. Right. Right. Um, I was listening to to a sermon a couple weeks ago and he said that trials and hardships can kind of be like a magnifying glass because they can show what we truly value in our life, what we truly hold on to in our life, what truly makes us go in our life. A couple options of that. One we see for Paul that it was his faith in Jesus Christ. That's what made him go. And that's why he was able to, in these really difficult circumstances, still have joy. And I think for a lot of us, that is not the case. I think sometimes we, you could have found your identity in your spouse. Right. And now that's gone. Or you could have found your identity in you know, the money that you guys made as a family. And now that, that might not be the same as it used to be. And now we don't have that same joy that we had in those circumstances because we didn't have our faith in Jesus Christ. And he wasn't the one that we had our hope in, but we had our hope in all these other things that um, are not constant, that can change, that can go with time. But if we put our faith and our hope in Jesus, not just in a salvation sense, but in a sense of knowing that he is in control, just like Paul did when he was in jail, then we are able to, when these tough times come, when we're in a season of waiting, then we can have true joy. Uh, I think back to COVID a couple years ago, right? When literally every single person in the entire world was in a season of waiting, like waiting, yeah. right? You weren't <laughs> able to go out to the movies. You weren't able to go sit down at a restaurant. You weren't able to do any of these things. And some people that really, really messed them up because they put their confidence in things that came from outside of their home, whether that was uh, their friends, right, or or a multitude of other things, when you weren't able to do anything, when you were stuck in your house in the season of waiting, right, you didn't have joy because so many outside things played a factor in our joy. And the people that did have their hope in Jesus Christ had a different joy when they were stuck in that season of waiting. Um, that's what I've seen in in the circumstances that I've looked at. And I think now a lot of us are in a similar situation where we are waiting, waiting for something to happen, waiting for God to move in a a great way. But we need to control the things that we can control. And that is what we have our hope in. And that should be Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be our spouse. It shouldn't be our income. It shouldn't be any of those other things. Because again, as you've seen, those things come and go But God is always faithful. God is always the same. And if we have our hope in Him, then we can have true, true joy when we're in a season of waiting.
0: Absolutely. And that's the only way to experience that joy is um, through Christ. So I think it's good stuff. I hope it challenges you and... um, If you need help praying that God would give you that joy, you can always reach out to us through our website at rejoiceministries.org. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a place to share a prayer request. And those are read by um, several of our staff members and prayed over. And as time permits, we like to interact with you and pray with you. But let us know how we can be praying for you as you seek to just really surrender this season of your life to Christ and waiting for Him to um, answer the prayers that you have. And then as you reflect on that, like I shared in the beginning of the podcast, we would love to hear about it. Um, so share a testimony um, by dialing one 509 1463 And let us know how God's moving in your life. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website
1: of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.